0: All right. You guys remember what book
1: I'm back up so I'm not writing my face here.
0: What book we're studying? Ephesians. Can anybody give me our little oversimplified three word outline for the book? Go ahead. Sit, walk, stand. Good job. So sit is kind of the idea of know. There's, there's, he's given us some information that we need to know. Walk is the idea of what? Living it out, right? Need to live out. No, God just doesn't want us just to know a bunch of good truth. He wants us to live it out. So we need to sit, know it. We need to walk, live it. And then the last thing we need to do is what? Stand or fight. So the idea is we need to know, live, and fight. All with the idea of God's word and God's ways. Okay? So that's a good uh, oversimplified outline. We're almost today, Lord willing, anything could happen, but Lord willing, we will finish chapter two today, which puts us about uh, a third of the way through the book. That may not seem like much, but for us, We're really trucking through this thing. If it feels like it's going slow, you should see some of the things we've done in the past, man. We're on a good track here. What I want to do is just give a quick review of Ephesians 2. The whole concept that you'll see over and over in Ephesians 2 is I was, but now I am. And I don't know if you'll remember this, but some of the things it was, I was spiritually dead. Now I'm spiritually alive. I was spiritually enslaved. Now, now I've, I am free. I was damned, but now I have hope. I've been given, even it says, seated in the heavenly places with Christ. So we have like an eternal citizenship instead of damnation. And then if you remember last week, I had no technology going here. I was doing hand gestures. and As Ned would say, I almost had the sock puppets going and all of that. But but we were talking about the I was, but now I am. And he was talking about, you remember, you pagan Gentiles, you heathens, you were far from God, but now you've been brought near to God, right? And so we're going to kind of pick up on that idea a little bit today. He's continuing to talk about you've been brought near and you've been all brought into one group. If you remember last week, we talked about in Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be brought into a new community where there are no second-class citizens. Everybody is brought into first-class citizenship in Jesus Christ. We all have equal access to God. There's not first-class Christians and second-class Christians. There's in Christ. That is that all ringing a bell? All right. So today we're going to talk about being in one group. We're going to be in Ephesians two. 19 to 22, if you want to follow along uh, in your own Bible. We'll have some of the verses up here. But I want to start with just a couple questions. And uh, so feel free to give me some answers. And I'm not even going to say, oh, that was a good answer. That was a wrong answer. For now, I will just say they're all good, okay? What makes a church a church? The
2: people. Good answer. Anybody who believes in Christ and has accepted him as Savior. Relationships. Okay. 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 Those who don't believe in Jesus.
0: All right, now another question. What do you think is one of the biggest problems in the church today? Don't start naming a bunch of personal things like short pastors and all kinds of stuff that's going to hurt my feelings. Good. What's that? Lack of okay,
2: Lack of leadership. Division. Okay, Good. Lack of commitment. Judgmental. Forgiveness,
0: maybe lack of forgiveness. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about the church. And so let me just say this. Some of you, this will be like, we already knew all this. this and some of you are going to be like, I don't quite get what he's saying. Like, this is not computing. If that happens to be the case, that's okay. We're predicting that. Some will be like, this doesn't make sense. This does not line up with what I've thought about the church ever. And then some of you are going to be what I would call maybe a little rattled and annoyed. So we're going to probably have the like, yeah, I get it. This makes total sense. You're going to have the like, I'm still not wrapping my brain around this. And then you're going to have the disgruntled. A few of you might be disgruntled. Okay. That's okay. We're kind of just going to go with what we see God's word says and try to understand it little by little. I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll dive into the actual text. Father, we come before you. We thank you again for your son. I do thank you for this church. Please help us to understand the church according to your word. Please help it to not only just be something that we understand, but something that affects the way we live. I pray that you would correct or change any of our wrong thinking today, that you would encourage, uh, strengthen, and equip everybody here through the teaching of your word. Again, I just thank you for this group of people pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So kind of our big idea for today is the church is God's plan for the world. That's kind of the idea. The church is God's plan for the world. We could all say, well, God has a plan. And I would say even more specifically, the church is God's plan for the world. Kind of our outline points, if you want to look at it like that, there's four verses. And they pretty much cover these items. So we're going to talk about the family members of the church, the foundation of the church, the formation of the church, and the function of the church. You like how I did that? That's a big pastor trick that I put all alliteration. you got all the same matching. It doesn't really
1: mean anything besides. They're all that work.
0: The family members of the church. So let's just talk about that. So our first verse is this. It says, remember, he's talking about those who are far off and who've been brought near. He says, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. So I'm just going to point out a few things and we'll talk more specific. So he's saying you guys used to be outsiders. You used to be far from God. You used to not be apart but now you are fellow citizens you are a part and not only that you're part of it with the saints or the holy ones and the household of god or the family of god you know we talked about even i think the irs uses that terminology uh in your household and the idea is that it's a a family unit and so that's kind of the idea of the church is when i said who are the family members of the church we're going to talk a little bit about that It is a family. We talk about church family. So I want to start with this. The church is made up of people who once had no relationship with God. You were aliens. You were strangers. How many people have thought this or invited somebody or heard this from somewhere? They're like, well, I can't come into that church. The, The place will catch on fire. The roof will cave in. There's no way. You don't want me there. Some of you maybe even felt that way when you first started coming. And again, we'll talk, it's not really about attendance, but I just kind of want to get that idea. But that's what the church is made up of. The church is made up of people who once had no relationship with God. And you're like, well, that's not true. I, I grew up in church, so I've always had a relationship with God. Well, you probably always knew some stuff about God, but unless you had put your faith and trust in Christ, you weren't necessarily a part of that family. And so the idea here is, we need to begin to understand that God builds his church with people that were far from him. That's how the church is built. A lot of times we talk about, uh, Oh, our church is really growing. Well, that, that can happen, but sometimes pastors call it transfer growth. Like if you just have a bunch of other people coming from other churches and, and that's fine. We'll talk about that. Like that, That's not necessarily a bad thing. But the way the church in God's design is meant to grow is by people who were far away from God coming to God. That's who's supposed to build. That's how the church is built. The church is built by people who were formerly far from God coming to God. Does that make sense? Because sometimes what we do, and we can, if you've been in church for a while, you start feeling like, well, I need to kind of be in my little I can't hang out with all those people. I need to stay over here in my little church circle. That's not God's plan at all. His plan is for the church to reach those who are far from God, that they would become a part of the church, a part of God's family. Make sense? So another point, so he says you were far off, but now you've been uh, brought near your fellow citizens. The church is the collective group of people who have put their trust in Christ for salvation. So I'm going to kind of explain this. So we looked at a, this verse last week, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The great equalizer. And we're not talking about attending a church. We're talking about being a part of a church is the fact that, that is the blood of Jesus Christ, and all those who are putting their trust in Jesus Christ are the ones who are brought near. It's not the people who've cleaned up their act. It's not the people who attend a weekly church meeting. It's not that that's not the church. The church is made up of those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so I want to just kind of explain something. There's a difference between the big C church and the Little sea church. Can anyone explain that difference for me? Somebody? Okay. Okay. Uh, I like that. The Little sea Church is at the corner of walk and don't walk. So this, Paradise Springs, is the Little Sea Church. It's a local group of saints that are gathered together. It's a local group of believers in Jesus Christ. That's the Little Sea Church. The big C church is the universal. So whether it's in another country, if it's in another state, it's in another town, even if it was in another time period, 150 years ago, your great grandma was a believer in Jesus Christ. She was part of the church. It's this big universal group of believers. When you're a believer, you become part of that church. The little C is this local gathering or that local gathering there's a church over there there's a church over there there's a church over there there's a little c church to become part of god's church the universal church that happens when you put your faith and trust in jesus christ when you say it's his blood his sacrifice that i'm trusting in for my salvation that's what makes you a church big church member it's not did you attend the did you attend the members' meetings? Did you did you give your offerings? Did you make three out of four Sundays a month? It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ makes you a member of the church, God's church. Questions about that? Make sense? Clear as mud? The church is a spiritual family. It's the household of God. And I, I love thinking about it like this. So in our verse that we looked at, It says that you've now become fellow citizens with the saints, the household of God. Think about that. That's part of God's family. Put your faith and trust in Christ to become part of God's family. And I like this picture. If you think about it here and you think about this local church, part of God's family. It's our spiritual family. It kind of makes sense when you look around. And I'm afraid to even look at anybody. But you go, oh, yeah, there's the crazy uncle. Oh, yeah, there's kind of the cranky grandma. There's the fun grandma. Oh,
1: there's the guy that's kind of always the black sheep of our family.
0: Nobody caught, nobody's taking anything personal, right? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this, that's how we are to live. That this is our spiritual family. And we all have crazy family members, right? We all have troubled family members, right? We all have the super successful family members that kind of annoy us, right? Not just kidding. And we have the down and out family members, right? But what is true? They are family. And spiritually speaking, once you've been made a part of the household of God, or the big C church, we're family. And that's, we were all formerly far from God. Whether you didn't understand it, you were a goody two-shoe far from God, or a dirty rotten scoundrel far from God. You've all been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you say, I'm trusting in Christ's sacrifice, you become part of the family of God. We are family. And you think about that, how should that affect us? So one idea is if we are in the family of God, then we're the church, whether we're gathered or scattered. So let's just say this group of people is the church. How many hours a week would you say we spend gathered? Hour, hour and a half. Do we stop being the church? No, I think we spend like 165, 6, 167 hours scattered. But we really, a lot of times, emphasize that power that we're the church together. And I think God is wanting us to realize, like, no, oh, you were formerly far off. Now you're part of God's family. And as you scatter, we all have the ability to reach the people who are far from God. Ned is going to interact with people this coming week that Jeff won't interact with. And Jeff is going to interact with people this week that Ned will never probably even meet. And Peter will interact with people far from God that I'll never even know. And we could just go through the room, but we're still the church scattered, meant to bring outsiders into the church of God. Not into this building, into the church of God. Does that make sense? We are the church, whether we're gathered, whether we're scattered. Every hour of the week, and we have a calling on our lives. And God wants us to live as the church every hour of So this might be too small for you to see. So when we talk about the church, this is where you some of you might get rattled and a little annoyed and stuff, but just be patient with me. I'll wait till I get to the end. But the church is not an entertainment center. And so often we start to think of church in this, this way. The church is not a weekly event. The church is not a building. I... Let me just say this. I do understand. You say, what church do you go to? And you say, Paradise Springs Church. Where is your church? You'd say, like, well, I don't know. They're all scared. Like, you don't want to be a smart aleck and be like, I don't know. It's everybody's the church. You tell me where everybody's at, and I'll tell you where they're at. Like, we're not trying to be annoying. I'm not trying to be annoying here, but I'm trying to make a point. The point is, this building is not the church. This building gets torched. The building gets taken away. The building... Whatever happens, are we still the church? Yes. It's not a place for us to come bring our kids to have fun while learning to be good. Man, sometimes that kind of, you're like, what? Where are we supposed to take her? Well, Scripture says parents train up your child. There's never a place where it says drop off your kids at the church so they're good. Now, let me ask you this. Do we want kids to have fun and learn about themselves and Christ and salvation? Yes. Obviously, we're sitting here asking for helpers. Like our thing isn't like we want to torture the kids here and make them miserable as they learn about God. So that can happen, but that's not the definition of the church. The church isn't that place. It's not a social club. It's not just a place to make friends with good clean people or a place to meet a nice guy or gal. Do we want people to meet spouses here? Yeah, I think it's probably a better bet than hanging out at the local singles club or bar or whatever. But that's not what the church is about. It's not a spiritual spa, self-help center, counseling center, or these are not personal enrichment talks. That's not what the church is. This is a church gathered for the edification of the saints. We're all supposed to be edifying one another. It's not a humanitarian or relief organization. Should the church be doing things? What I mean, if you think about the church, uh, even in our country's early starting, it was a lot of the hospitals, schools, a lot of the things that were started were started through the church. So I'm all for the church doing those things, but that's not the definition of what the church is and what the church does. Those can be peripheral. It's not a philosophical or doctrinal think tank. In other words, it's not just a place where we come and stand on, I believe this and you believe that, and here's the right things. It's not, it's not that. It's not an all-American conservative institution. And sometimes we think like, well, where's the American flag? We've got to have a flag here. There's churches all over the world. Do they need to have an American flag to be a church? No, it's the people of God. And so we need to understand there are some benefits. There are, we want our kids to be raised up. We want uh, Christian communities. We want to learn from God's word. We want to be able to worship and sing together. But that is not the heart of the church. Those are benefits and blessings of the church. The heart of the church is it's the people of God. It's the household, the family of God. That's what the church is. So with that, let me just ask, what's the difference between going to church and being the church? What's that? Not just for now, it's part of your everyday life. We're being the church every day. Sometimes we're being it kind of, you know, at home. Maybe we're not being the church quite the way we should be being the church, but we're still being the church. What else? It's good, David. Okay. Yeah, so so that might be a difference. And and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, come to our church. Hey, come to our church. Hey, we want to invite you to our church. We encourage that. But the idea is you can go out there and minister to those who are far from God. We are the church. They don't need to just come to this meeting. We are the church. Good, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So our next... So that's the family members. Now we're going to talk about the foundation of the church. It says, having been built, so we talk about this household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus is, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstones. We have some construction folks in here, understand construction, understand the importance of a foundation. But here, we're, here we're talking about the church and its foundation. How important is a foundation? anybody's house here ever live in a house that had no foundation anybody house here that had a problem foundation yeah it's important isn't it see the big skyscrapers do you think they need a good foundation yeah you don't want them just like scratching out a little bit of stuff in the gravel and trying to build a skyscraper on it they go way down so here's a picture you can't really see this good but this says cornerstone that's Apostle, Prophets, and so it says that it was built on the Apostles and Prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And then on top of that, we have the Apostles and uh, Apostles and Prophets. The main idea, and I'm not going to take uh, a long time on this, is the church is centered on Christ. That's where it grows from. That's where it gets its bearings from. It's all centered on dependent on Jesus Christ. Again, we're in church and you're like, oh yeah, of course, of course. I will say this. There are a lot of churches, little c churches in America, that it has nothing is centered on Christ. It's all centered on uh, community groups. It's all centered on um, being transparent or being authentic. Are those good things? They're good things. It's all centered on... Um, being seeker-friendly, or having all four of these things. Uh, You know, the razzle-dazzle praise and worship, or the really excellent communicator up front. But that's not the heartbeat, the lifeline, the center, the foundational, pivotal point of what church is to be. And it's so easy for us to start seeing that and kind of, I'll tell you, as a pastor, you start going like, well, do, we, do we need to make it more this? Do we need to make it more that? Do we need to make it? No, we need to make it more Christ-centered. Seriously. And if people don't like that, it's not going to appeal to everybody. But that's not what we're to do. We are to be built upon Jesus Christ and what he has done. Just like our individual lives are to be built on that. The other stuff's good. We want a cool youth group. We want a great praise and worship. We want, I want to become a, better teacher of God's word. All of those things are good, but that's not what it's all about. It's also Bible-based. It says on the apostles and prophets. So what we do, how we operate, is to be based on Scripture. Now again, you can start to go, so that's how we're supposed to operate. It's how we're built. It's how we're supposed to operate. And you can go like, of course, we're in church. Of course you're going to say Scripture. But how do other maybe... What if Scripture says I need to confront someone who's sinning?
1: I'll do it quietly outside. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> 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 what if he needs to confront me? What if Scripture says to do that? Well, in uh, okay, we've kind of based our church on surveys, and people don't like to be confronted. People don't like to be put on the spot. People don't like to be talked. Uh, we don't want to hear about sin. We don't want to. And so you can begin to see where you can kind of start to go like, oh, yeah, maybe we should move that direction. But that's not what the church is to be founded on. It's on Jesus Christ and God's word. It's not the cultural temp. That's not what we're supposed to base it on. And you see a lot of churches, and I'm not saying we're great. We have a lot of areas we need to work on as a church. But there are a lot of churches that are just moving with whatever's going on in the culture. And it's against what God says. For the church to be Christ-centered,
1: Bible-based on the prophets, apostles, and with Jesus Christ being the very cornerstone.
0: So based on those two points, what should a church do to grow? Because if I said like, okay, before you're talking like this, I'm like, what can we do to grow as a church? It'd be like, let's build a water slide. Or some, you know, it might be all these ideas, but based on these biblical principles, these biblical truths, and we're going to talk about growth in a minute. What should a church be doing to grow?
1: Scatter, scatter well,
0: right? I picture one of those little dandelion things or different things that uh, the wind comes and it just blows little seeds out and they start scattering. Yes, the way we scatter. We all have people in our lives that we can influence. Loving them well and living biblically, Bible-based. Be a testament. Good.
2: What else?
0: I think kind of sharing the love of Jesus Christ with people goes along the same lines. Now, let me ask you, why is it important to stick to the original foundation points of the church? What happens if we don't? What happens if we start basing it on surveys, or culture, or trends, or popular whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah we end up far away. It becomes our truth. Yeah, that's well, that's not my truth. No. There's truth and not truth, so it doesn't matter if it's your truth or not. So that's why we stand on God's Word. It can start getting really wishy-washy if you don't have an anchor point, right? You need an anchor point. Good, any other thoughts? That's a good answer. I said this might kind of like be like, oh yeah, we we already get that. And like, I'm not sure I'm wrapping my brain around this. And like, you're kind of annoying me. So remember I said that. So if you're in one of those three camps, that's okay. We're just continuing to kind of chip away what we believe God teaches about the church. So I just kind of want to re- reframe that. If you're having any of those feelings. So we talked about the family members of the church. We talked about the foundation of the church. Now we're going to talk about the formation of the church. And here he says, In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So here you have this whole building. And so now he's using some imagery here. Because we, you're like, well, you just said the church wasn't a building. He's talking about, uh, even in Peter, he talks about that we are living stones that are building up the temple of the Lord. So we are the, the stones that build that temple. In fact, I've heard a pastor say this, and I, I really liked it. He said, the, the stones are for the building. The building is not for the stones. A lot of times we come to church and goes like, what's in it for me? And we need to realize that we've been brought in to become the temple of God, the people of God. What does a temple do, by the way? We'll get to this in a, in a few minutes. But what is, when you hear of the temple, what is that? The original temple or tabernacle, the house of God, meaning that, that's what? That's where he lives. The free dwells. So we are where God dwells. But he says it's being built together, so a couple, it's whole building, being fitted together, growing into a holy temple. The idea here is that it's designed to grow. It's not supposed to be a closed community. Our church really, really was horrible about this for a period of time. Somebody, uh, I think Ned can remember that. I don't know if anyone else can remember. But we had this like super closed circle mindset. And it took a long time. And it was kind of like if someone new showed up, people go, like, go ask them. Like, what do you mean? Who's that? Go find out. Talk to them. Make them feel loved and welcome. But we kind of had that idea. But the church is designed to grow. And again, it's meant to grow from people who are far from God. That's how the church is to grow, built upon people who were far from God. Leading them to Christ and then becoming part of the church. It's designed to grow. And Christ said, I will build my church and the kingdom of hell will not, what? Yeah, prevail against it. The idea there is, some people are like, well, the church is dying. The church, it may be changing, it may be this. But Christ said, the gates of hell will not even prevail against the church. The church the people of God are here to stay, and it continues to grow through the generations and through the generations and through the generations. And some of the methods and some of this may change, and some of that may change.
1: But the church of God is made and it's designed to continue to grow. I believe big church, see, and I believe that for our church, and it is, it's encouraging to see our church grow little by little.
0: People coming to Christ, and coming to gain a real and deep relationship
1: with him. So I'm going to go back here. He says, being fitted together. That term means, it's kind of a word that Paul made. made up. Uh, doesn't seem to be else in Greek language. It's kind of like you combine a couple words. And the idea is fit framed. It means the church is built oh, God by God bringing people, bringing people together and unifying them. So it brings all these people that are far out. Again, we talked, we talked about this being our church family. Through, through blood family you have your lineage added, brought in. But, but through church, church of God people are brought in and they're framed they're and and together, they're brought to to building. So, so yeah. here I don't know see a little horizontal, horizontal, horizontal lines on them. See that? i you're way back. Way back. Are you guys right there? Wait to my mind. I might have seen it. But there's, but there's little these little lines, lines there. And that's and how these columns are designed. designed. Two different stones, stones brought pieces. together and, and it framed, framed, we. And frame together, together in a way, in a way that in a that unified, become become one, one Does that make Does that sense? make sense? And so, and so about, about it about it. We come, we come to all, all the, all the background, background, This is God's God design for us. Gather, gather gather, 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 gather gather, 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 gather gather, 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 Uh, you know, you know whatever whatever. But we are all brought in one family, and we are made one 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 another. We're all we're all made We're we're brought brought unified unified together together, together one, with one another another. Now picture it. What God, God God does? does. And so you, and may and not, you may not may not feel love you love like feel like long long. I don't really I don't want to venture venture. You are part of the family. God God brought brought perfect perfect. even if even if you don't feel like you like it, you if you're part a part, church. part of the church church, you put your faith it your Christ in Christ Christ. Brought brought. brought and perfect perfect. Come come. One one. The rest rest. So, so what has what to happen after the big church see to grow, bro? if God is unified us, this was the second question. If God is unified us by us, we saw often struggle with the church. Someone else will know Why 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 do we still be like we're like you've been fitly framed 50 together, 50 together, 50. together? Just like just one of those beautiful columns. Perfectly brought to one to one. Why do we start it? We, we all have we judgment built into ourselves, ourselves and we kind of have, have this, have this have judgment we judge one another. Which our judgment are usually, usually is very extreme, extreme, extreme and not real accurate. It's either they're, they're awesome, awesome and I stink. stink. Or, or I'm, awesome, I'm awesome, awesome and they stink. stink.
0: That's what, That's what, what I was going to say. Is, We have been brought spiritually into a unity with one another, but this side of glory or this side of heaven, we're all still dealing with some pretty selfish parts of us, aren't we? Anybody here not struggling with selfishness? really? No, I'm just kidding. I know. You're raising your hand. You're raising your hand for something
2: else. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They do. And so, uh, you know, I was just teasing you. Um, but kind of on that, because what they'll see is they will see hypocrisy in church. Right? And why are we hypocritical sometimes? All of us probably are hypocritical sometimes. As much as we hate to say
1: it. I'm a hypocrite. I am who I am.
0: But given the right thing, you kind of like bend a little bit over again. Why? Because we're worried about what other people think. And we're kind of selfish. We're sinners. Is the church filled with hypocrites? Sure. <laughs> they've been redeemed. They've been saved. But if you're going to go to a, ch- a hypocrite, hypocrite-free church, good luck. We all got a little hypocrite in us.
2: let to make a short joke.
0: The function of the church. So. What were our three? Does anyone remember our three steps so far? The family members, foundation, formation. Man, you guys are awesome. Great. And now, function of the church. It says it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We just, That was part of the last verse. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So here we see. We are, the building is that we are the temple of the Lord. The church, the group is the temple of the Lord for the dwelling place of God, where God lives. The church is the group of people that God is currently using to carry out his plan on earth. So interesting, Christ said, it's better that I go away. And he gave us the spirit. Christ is not physically here on earth anymore you know who he left to be his hands and feet the body that's why it's called the body of christ we're to be carrying out the work of christ is we're his body here on earth so we are the temple we are the presence of god in the earth and i believe personally i'm gonna say this i believe that a society we have so many things that are so messed up in our society in our culture in our country Uh, So messed up, I believe there are some people that would even say it starts in the family. I see that point. I think it starts in the church. And here's why. How many of you were raised in families that were right on and following God in the perfect way? A lot of us weren't. But the church can teach and help and grow and mold family how to live in this messed up world and then families affect a community and then communities affect a society and society builds a culture so i really think that we the hands and feet of jesus christ if 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 there's any hope and i'm not trying to get political here but if there's any hope of turning our country around I believe it begins with the church, not even with the family. The family is vital. It's an important key in the link. But a lot of us don't know how to do family because we never really learned what God says about family. And where are we going to learn and grow in that? In the local community of believers. So the church is the temple of God. It's the presence of God in the world today. How many of you guys have heard a voice from heaven, a literal voice from heaven? You don't have to raise your hand. Please don't, because we'll have a big, long conversation about that. But probably not. How many of you woke up and saw sky in the sky that said, you're supposed to go do this today? Probably not.
2: But God has given us his word, and he
0: says, I want you to go out there and be my hands and feet. You're the body. You're how I'm going to carry out my duty here on earth. We're the ones that are to declare Jesus Christ to the world. So what can we best do to carry that out? We already mentioned a lot of these things. I think the idea of living scattered well, because man, we can come to church and we can put on a good show for an hour. And I'm not saying you, I feel like we have a very real church. And that's one thing I love about our church. Very real, very open and very accepting of people wherever we're at, each other are at. And I appreciate that. But man, what about that other 167 hours a
1: week where we're the church scattered? Loving well, bringing Christ,
0: realizing that
1: I am the hands of Christ out there this week.
0: That's what I think what's going to be impactful. So as we wrap up, we started with saying the church is God's plan for the world. I would say you, as part of the church, are God's plan for the world. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. And he wants to use us with all our dicks and scrapes and bumps and bruises and warts and all the problems we have. He wants to use people like us to impact the world. Man, that's a pretty cool honor and privilege, isn't it? A plumber's kid who never even really just grew up as never the cool kid in class, never the really sharp, bright kid, never the popular guy, definitely not the athletic one, definitely not the tallest kid in the class. But God wants to use a guy like me to impact the world. And I'm not being down on myself. I'm being realistic like, whoa, if he can use a guy like me, And then we have all these people together. He can use us. We are his hands and feet. And he's brought us together, people who are far from God. You don't have to be a goody two-shoes or have it together your whole life. He wants to use people like us. We are the hope. We have the message of hope. We're not the hope. Christ is the hope.
1: but We are ambassadors of hope.
0: Praise God. We are God's plan
1: for the world. Let's pray.
0: Father, I thank you for your son. I do thank you for this incredible truth. I thank you for this scripture. Please help us to live as the church scattered. Please help these things to kind of click in our mind and our heart and for them ultimately to be lived out in our lives. We thank you for your son and that this is all possible because he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. We pray these things in his name.
2: Amen.